0: Welcome into to the Fantasy Football Fathers, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I got a little bit of beer on my pop filter there, but that's all right. Beer filter. Beer filter. Tyler Herbach is also here, the big herb. What up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. How we doing? How we doing, folks? <laughs> How we doing? How we doing? Uh, Today, tonight. Uh, We have our waiver wire show for you. Uh, We're going to go into our favorite waiver wire pickups of the week and tell you if you should, you know, go for them, who you should prioritize, uh, if you should spend any fab or not. Um, Then we're going to do a little bit of buy or sell and that'll be it. So don't forget to uh give us a like, a follow. You can find us at the FF Fathers on Twitter. Um podcasts are everywhere you can listen to them. Uh, but we post all of our content and links to that Twitter that Twitter account. So make sure you give us a follow. Let us know what you think. Uh if we suck or
1: not. Our our Twitter <laughs> needs to get Twitter. Yeah.
0: <laughs> We're looking for a Twitter, Twitter. Um All right, let's get into – got a couple of big news pieces that we felt like we should probably touch on, Uh, given the breaking news that has happened tonight as we are all watching Monday Night Football. John Gruden. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, There's already a tear running down Trey's face. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he has resigned as the uh, Oakland – I still call him Oakland – the Las Vegas Raiders. Head coach, um, four years into his year, 10 year deal. Um, obviously, a lot of. Three and a half. Three and a half, yeah. Almost. Been <laughs> three a and a quarter? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, three and a quarter. <laughs> so, the assistant coach, Rich Bisacca. I, I, yeah, I'm not going to even pretend like I know it. It sounds like an Italian bread.
1: Bisacchi? Bisaccia. Rich B. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Bisaccia. That's probably right That's a there. Bisaccia. <laughs> yeah uh he's gonna be the
0: interim head coach uh for now. How do you guys feel i guess we'll kick it over to you trey and you know how how much does this really change or affect the fantasy assets of the Las Vegas Raiders you know from a fantasy perspective obviously from a fan perspective you're a little there's a lot of emotions running through you right now. It's kind of a weird thing that he did, and but he's also the head coach of your team. I mean, but from a fantasy perspective, do, does this really change any of our feelings or thoughts towards any of the players on the, on the roster right now?
1: Well, yeah, as a fan, I have no feelings anymore. <laughs> no emotions at all.
0: Hey, everything happens for a reason. Maybe it'll work it out. You know, maybe it'll work out.
1: Whatever, I don't even care. I'm moving on to the fantasy aspect of this move. Damn it. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't see like a huge fantasy um d- like difference as far as the impact everyone's making on the the Raiders right now. I think you'll see like a, a similar offense for the next couple of weeks, but it-, it it might open things up to change it a little bit more and maybe throw the ball more and hopefully involve guys like Rugs a little bit more in the passing game. Because anyone that um is involved in Raider nation really just like begs for the Raiders to air it out more, and I'm curious if this coach is like um along those same the same lines,
0: yeah, I think um I think at this point you know with this obviously breaking, you kind of have to hesitate before throwing any Raiders into your lineup, but I think things will relatively stay the same, obviously you're gonna start Darren Waller no matter what um Josh Jacobs if he's hundred percent. You know, healthy and all that, which it looks like he's back on track. But, um, yeah, I hesitate to even think about starting anyone else outside of those two until we see how this thing pans out a bit.
1: Yeah. Like, like you're saying, I don't think anything really changes. Like Henry Ruggs, we were kind of viewing as like a fringe guy, anyways, as far as starting. We pretty much all agree that Brian Edwards, right now, we're just kind of ignoring him at the moment until he does something prominent. And Derek Carr is still kind of like a fringe guy too. With, with with the change at coaching, I would honestly kind of avoid Derek Carr for this week, um, more than more than Rugs, if that makes sense. Like I'd feel better about starting Rugs than Carr.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess Rugs is kind of like a flyer, but yeah, I would, I would definitely wait and see how this affects Carr and and the game plan going forward. I expect the, you know, because he was already the assistant head coach, right, uh, Rich. Yeah, he was the assistant and
1: the special teams coordinator.
0: So I I imagine he thinks he'll keep things relatively the same,
1: you know. Um, I might might be spewing something I misheard, but I'm pretty sure he spent like 11 years of his coaching career with John Gruden. So hopefully he'll be able to kind of at least run with what Gruden left him and then go off of that.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, the thing is, too, seeing that he was a special teams coordinator, he's not going to be the play caller. Uh, That responsibility is going to go to Greg Olson, who is the offensive coordinator. Um, actually, shout out to Greg Olson from Richland, Washington. Went to Spokane Falls uh, Community College oh, right really, here in Spokane yeah. for us. Let's go! Um, Damn,
1: that's where my worthless degree is from. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so shout out to him, you know, hometown boy. But um, I said too much. Don't Google it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting enough, this is actually his second stint with the Raiders. He was with them in 2013 and 14 when Derek Carr was first drafted, and he helped tutor him in his first year. So he has some experience with Derek Carr personally. Uh, and he's been with Gruden since 2008, back when he was coaching Tampa. So I mean, he has a very good understanding of the way that Gruden's offense is gonna run. He's I th- wouldn't expect a huge drop off. Maybe like certain things might change depending on like the situation of the game in terms of like the way he would pl- call it versus Gruden. But I wouldn't be too worried about any major drop off for any you know sp- 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 uh, particular player. Yeah, I mean,
1: just to kind of cap that all of that stuff off, like I I feel like the Raiders in general you kind of want to avoid besides the must-starts like Waller and Jacobs just because, like, they're already switching the line around right now. Like The the team was already switching things up before this major change. So, like, the, the team, I feel like, is going to continue to be experimenting the next cu- next couple of weeks, and you don't know who's going to be taking the hit on that one.
0: Yeah, so hold tight, see what happens. Um, but start the studs, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, of course. Uh, they play Denver next week, so... Um division rival. I mean, big game. So uh anyways, uh let's move on to the next little or big piece of news here. Geno Smith taking over as the QB one in Seattle. Um got another uh team here with some shocking or some big news that one of our analysts is is a big fan of. So Tyler, how do you feel? I'm curious to get your thoughts on Geno Smith and moving forward with the uh, the likes of like DK and Tyler Lockett.
1: The the news is not the same. His quarterback will come back. <laughs> <laughs> My coach is gone <laughs> <laughs>
2: forever. Um <laughs> I mean, obviously Geno's not Russell Wilson. We that's not up for debate. Uh you don't expect him to play like Russell Wilson by any means. Um hopefully he can bu- come in and just be efficient. And we can rely on the ground game a little more. Now I would expect honestly a drop off for both Tyler Lockett and DJ Metcalf, especially in the if it's only gonna be a couple weeks. Um I would still expect the big plays. I think you're gonna see more of like run the ball, run the ball, deep shop down the field kind of situation. Um so they're both gonna be in line for bigger plays. But I would limit the if you're thinking like the intermediate production, you know, I don't think you should expect seven to ten catches from them game in and game out right now. I think you're looking more towards, like, you know, four catches and maybe one of them breaks off for big play.
0: Yeah, I think the big play potential is there, given the fact that the defense is terrible and um, they might be playing from behind more so now than they even were before. Um, So you could see a lot of Geno chucking it around to, you know, um, try to get back in games. I think DK has a little bit more sustainability for me, like than Tyler Lock. I'm more concerned about Tyler Lockett, I think, than DK Metcalf. But I agree. I think there'll be a drop off for both, even though he did look good, um, you know, when he came into the game uh, late last week. But
2: yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, honestly, it's pretty easy to come into a game and look efficient and good for a drive or two, as he did and what you know, we needed him to do. But when you're preparing for an entire game and when you have a defense that's now preparing for you, not Russell Wilson, you know they have, have a way of uh, really coming at you. I would be shocked if playing Pittsburgh this week that Pittsburgh doesn't blitz the absolute hell out of Geno Smith yep. and try to get him off his mark quickly and often.
0: Yeah, you might want to temper expectations uh, this week. Um, but at this point, it's not like you can trade DK or Tyler Lockett away because you're not going to get nearly the value that uh, you put up to get him. So, yeah, that's kind of a tough, tough one. And Russ is a guy that's played consistently. Like, he never gets hurt. You know, he's always playing. So, Gino hasn't played a full game
2: and. A long time, <laughs> yeah, well I mean he's been the backup in Seattle for I think three years now, yeah. I think it's his third season, so it's been a while right um, I don't know, there's obviously hope uh being kind of you know mentored by Russell in the last few years probably helps it helps that you know he showed flashes as a starter when he was in New York. That's one of the things that was really irritating by Geno Smith if you were a Jets fan, like he showed flashes of like, oh my God, he can be a really good quarterback. And then yeah. he'd turn around and do something really stupid. So, yeah, right. we'll see the way whatever the Seahawks get from him.
0: A lot of tutelage behind Russell Wilson, so we'll see if he's uh, learned a thing or two.
1: Well, his injury's supposed to be like four to eight weeks or something like that. And if you're a Lockett or a Metcalf owner, there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel because their bye week is four weeks away. So, um, hopefully, I mean, that's basically one extra game they don't have to play with Geno.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, it's... Sounds even Russell is already saying he wants to come back right after the bye week. So basically, you know, it's three games with Gino, bye week, and then Russell's back. Um, so hopefully, that's the case, and it's you know three weeks, and if you can bear through it, and you'll probably be fine.
0: So you wouldn't. Last little note here: you wouldn't um, drop Russell if you're going to redraft, maybe a short bench, you know, one quarterback
2: league. Um, I guess it kind of depends the way you run your team. Um, and where you're at other places. The thing is that in any 10 or even 12-team league, there's always good streaming quarterbacks to run on a weekly basis. I don't know if I would necessarily hold on to Russell on just for a bench spot um, if if I didn't really you know trust them. If you're in a deeper league, like 14, 16, or two quarterback league, you're obviously not going to drop them. But I think in a standard 10 or 12-team league, I think you can drop them and maybe you'll get lucky and be able to get him back, but um, I don't think I'm holding a roster spot for him.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say maybe just uh if you're in a standard league, I personally I would drop him and then just look to pick him up in like two or three weeks if you're that worried about not getting him back and then just stash him for those extra couple weeks instead of stashing him for five weeks straight.
2: Yeah. I mean that bye week actually might play into a big factor that you could pick him up on the bye week and stash him just just for a week. Yeah. Um that's might be your best option actually. Let's see what happens.
0: Coming back after the bye week they play the Packers, so um if Jair is still not playing, could be some points there to be had. Um yeah, I think I think you can safely drop him in those one quarterback, you know, short bench, no IR leagues, uh redraft leagues. So Trevor Lawrence.
1: <laughs>
0: um <sighs>
2: that's a good like Trevor Lawrence is a very good streaming yeah. option yeah he's getting there, no, yeah Trevor
0: Lawrence, and I you know we kind of have him on our our waiver list, like guys to mention, and I guess we'll just mention him real quick. He's just running the ball a lot more more consistently uh in the last three weeks, so if he has that rushing upside to raise his floor a bit, um definitely a streamable option going forward.
1: It's really more of like a tendency thing that I'm seeing with the Jaguars because if you look at his running numbers, it's it's really like pedestrian. It looks normal for a quarterback in the NFL, like six carries, maybe thirty yards. So someone who's like kind of mobile, they get yards when they do scramble, but he's getting touchdowns. And the reason they're doing that is because every time they're in the red zone, they give him at least one like RPO, and he decides to run it pretty much every time. So um, if that continues to be like the trend. That's going to put his floor at, like, 15 points, which isn't the best, but it's better than nothing if you're trying to stream somebody. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, honestly, anybody who, if you even play, like, Pop Warner football, you understand that if you have a quarterback that's mobile and you had one more – and you, he makes your, bar, your ball carry, you have one extra blocker that the defense now has to account for, and yeah. that's too many blockers. It just becomes a thing where if you have an athletic quarterback and you can block everybody on the defense side, and it's basically a one-on-one tackle for, you know, the one guy that doesn't get blocked in the defense – it's a win for the offense almost every time.
0: Yeah, I think they're seeing some of the things that you know Josh Allen can do and Herbert and all these guys, and and why not incorporate some of that? He's got a rushing touchdown the last couple of weeks, so
2: uh, keep an eye out for that. Actually, just just as you brought up Josh Allen, which is a great analogy, uh, Mike Vrabel had one of the quotes of the night after because they're looking forward to playing Tennessee next week. Uh, he said that Josh Allen looks like a running back with an elite arm. <laughs>
0: That <laughs> hurdle was pretty impressive. Man. It was. So,
2: it was impressive.
0: He's just—he's a baller. So, uh, yeah, not much else he can say there. Uh, with that, let's move right into our week six waivers. Uh, I think for me, the number one overall waiver priority this week—it um, really kind of depends on what your team needs. I would say it's either Daryl Williams or Kadarius Tony. Uh, But let's start with Daryl Williams. I think he's the top running back to go after this week because Clyde Edwards-Alaire with the MCL is going to miss three to four weeks. Um, And Daryl Williams really has the opportunity to earn a larger role um, even when Clyde is back. So um, I think if your team needs more running back depth, you go after Daryl Williams. If uh, you need wide receiver depth, you go after Kadarius Toney. Kadarius Tony's also dealing with some injury. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but yeah, for me it's Darrell Williams overall the I think the top priority this week.
1: Oh yeah, if you need to hear more about that, like Clyde was finally starting to get rolling. He had two straight hundred yard rushing games, which, I mean, as we know in the NFL is says a little bit about the running back, but a lot about the line. So like you put Daryl Williams back there and hopefully he can produce about the same numbers. So it looks pretty good for him.
2: Yeah, uh, I would definitely prioritize Daryl Williams over Darius Stone only because running back is so thin. Um, it's pretty hard to... It's very rare to see a team that's like so thin at receivers versus running back that you would take a receiver over running back in terms of your waiver wires. Um, I mean, obviously it can happen, but regardless, I'm definitely targeting Daryl Williams. Now, here's a question, though. Are you guys worried at all about Jarek McKinnon there?
0: No, I'm not really. I think he's had like one rush <laughs> or what do you have last week when Clyde went out I think he
2: wasn't involved at all I mean a little bit I mean I mean Clyde also did, didn't go out to the middle of the third quarter so there yeah. wasn't a lot of time Jer- left
0: Jerick McKinnon had one rushing attempt for two yards two targets for two receptions
2: right but I mean that you also think about the gameplay at that point they were already down you know 18 points it just didn't pretend well to like running the ball um, but Jared McKinnon does tend to produce when he gets his chances, so that's why I bring it up.
0: Yeah, no, he's definitely there and and could be more involved going forward. But you know, up until last week, he definitely he was basically just a special teams guy. So I don't know how much trust they're gonna put in him.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not worried about him. I did look at their depth chart and I saw his name and I was like, fuck, he's on the team. <laughs> but then I thought about it for a second and I was like, I'm not worried about it. So, no.
0: <laughs> also, I think, you know, Darrell Williams is going to be a good plug and play right away because they're playing uh, the Washington football team, who's been, um, you know, but top 10. They're top 10 <laughs> in points allowed to... Uh, <laughs> to put it bluntly, Yeah, but... <laughs> they're in the top 10, I think, ninth overall in points allowed to running backs so far per game this season. So, um, you know, and that's a pretty good sample. So, that's through five weeks. So, that's... You know, they're definitely um, showing some weakness um, against running backs. So, um, yeah, I'd be willing to spend a pretty good amount of fab on Daryl Williams, um, especially if you're the Clyde owner, obviously, and don't already have him.
2: Honestly, if you were a Clyde owner, hopefully you already had him as your handcuff because he was already taking away most of the goal line carries. Yeah. Um. So hopefully you already have him. You don't have to, you know, make that kind of decision and spend all your fab this week. Uh, but if you do, like, yeah, I would spend a lot.
0: Yeah, I would I would spend a lot if I had Clyde, and I also think Darrell Williams could earn continue to earn more of a role when Clyde gets back. So just because of what Tyler just said. Uh, moving on to our next guy here, Tony in New York. Um. So. Um. Darius Tony's gonna avoid his suspension. This was reported by Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. <laughs> Jesus. Um after he was ejected from Sunday's game for punching um the Dallas defender. I forget who it was. Uh, but he threw a punch. Um, but he's gonna avoid suspension, so that's great. Um, but he's also um dealing with an injury that he got in that game. Um It doesn't sound like it's going to be season ending is what um uh, judge said, which isn't very promising. So uh, this one's written out pretty weird.
1: The way you say that makes it sound like it happened in court. Right? <laughs> Wait, what did the judge say?
0: Uh, yeah, The, the judge, judge said it wasn't judge jury season ending. Ex- executioner. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that MCO doesn't look that bad. Not season ending. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but it sounds as if Kadarius Tony really could miss week 6 against the Rams. Um but it, it's not season ending. So this is kind of weird cuz this is all breaking pretty much tonight. Um it's Monday night as we're recording this. Um but as far as Kadarius Tony goes, he looked like a stud while he was out there. Uh 10 receptions for 189 yards finally was getting in- involved everyone is so excited because you know uh all the injuries new york's dealing with um you know everyone kind of thought it was okay it's Kadarius tony season from here on out but um we really you really got to wait and see um how serious this injury is before deciding how much fab you want to give up i guess it depends on how hurting you are at the wide receiver position or if you need a flex really bad but for him to say, you know, for him to have the, you know, need to say it's not season ending is kind of alarming. Um to the point where it's like, well, how long is he going to be out then? Um so I guess Tuesday all day just keep your eyes on any updates you can find about Kadarius Tony. I'm sure we'll be posting to our Twitter page at the FF Fallers um Uh, If we hear anything as well, so, but I think he's worth a good amount of fab. um, If he's not expected to miss too much time,
1: I would have to disagree with that. Um, You you might have kind of said it, but I think he's only worth a good amount of fab in like a very uh, peculiar situation. Like he's he's a quick fix, I think. Um, Like with the Giants' offense, like right now, Galladay, Shepard, and Slayton are all hobbled. Um, Barkley's hobbled. Jones might miss next week because in concussion protocol. So like all these guys are injured and the main reason he's seeing all this uptick is because of those receivers being injured. And so now he's playing, but he might not be playing with Daniel Jones. He might be playing with Mike Glennon next week. Yeah. So like with all these things that you're saying and him being injured, like Kadarius Tony really seems like uh just like a patch that just a quick fix. If he does even play, because eventually those guys are going to come back and take away all those snaps.
2: So I'm actually like the, Jones versus Glennon thing, that matters because most of the production came actually with Mike Glennon at quarterback. Uh, with Daniel Jones went out, went out pretty early in the game. And so he had a ton of production with uh, Glennon. Glennon. The bigger issue is, I think you're right, is the opportunity. Darius Slay and Sterling Shepard are both uh, expected to return in week six. And so that immediately puts him back to receiver number three. Yeah. Um, even if he does play, it's receiver number three. So that's what my bigger, bigger concern is, regardless of who's throwing them the ball and Evan right.
1: Ingram's emerging. Th- things are kind of trending down for him while they're trending up, if that even makes sense. <laughs> like, things are looking bad during his, like, only opportunity. It kind of sucks for him. Yeah. But um, I I just, unless someone gets seriously injured, Kadarius Tony's not going to do anything for you long-term. You know, come playoffs, it's not going to be someone that's going to matter. Stuff like that, you know.
0: Yeah, I guess it just depends on how much they want to get him involved going forward after seeing what he can do. At the level he, he was a first round draft pick, I mean, they're gonna want something out of that, you know, draft capital, maybe not immediately, but I could see him coming back and having a, a, a more distinctive role than he previously had.
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, that's you're all that's all correct, but the fact of the matter is, it's been one game, yeah, right? It's been one game when he had the opportunity and he sure he produced. Is he gonna have the opportunity again? We don't know. Um, I'm not going to spend a ton of fab on him. Um, if I can get him for for a little, then great. Um, but I'm not going to like put a whole bunch on him and hoping that he replicates this because it's a absolute toss up. If you're in a super deep league, yeah, that's one thing. He's probably already rostered in deep leagues. Um, if for some dynasty, reason, I mean, he he's yeah, if he's rostered. not rostered in every dynasty league already, then yeah. like who's <laughs> running your fucking dynasty? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I it just. I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket. I'll put like one egg there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I'll, I'll scramble an egg yeah. <laughs> and drop one of the, one of the cooked pieces in.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's just, ah,
0: man, it's tough. Cause like, I feel like he should have been more involved earlier on, but maybe they just wanted to ease him in a little bit, but yeah, I think we'll leave it there. Um, keep an eye out for news, uh, updates on his injury tomorrow or Tuesday. And, um, that should give you a better judgment of, of really how, how aggressively you should go after Kadarius Tony. Uh, sticking with the same team here, of course, Saquon had a freak injury. Um, it's just tough, man. Like he didn't see him coming. The defender didn't see him coming and happened to step right underneath him and, and get that massive, um, contusion looked like a, did he break it or is it a bad? No, sprain? it's
2: it's a low ankle sprain, which is surprising because yeah. of how bad he rolled it. But um, yeah, it's just a sprain that he's expected to be out about four weeks or so.
0: Four weeks, wow, that's more than I thought. Um, well, so Devonte Booker obviously looked good coming in for uh, Saquon. Seems to be the next guy up. Uh, Nineteen touches on Sunday. After only having ten touches combined through the first four weeks of the season, um, so Giants are already, you know, they were already without Slayton and Shepard, and you know, Kenny Galladay was banged up, uh, Daniel Jones got hurt, and then Saquon got hurt, um, so really <laughs> they're running out of guys to get the ball to, um, which I think explains a lot of why Booker had nineteen touches. How do you guys feel about Booker moving forward? Um it's quoted here saying Barkley will is expected to miss at least next week's matchup with the Rams. So it could be just one week that Booker's out or uh Barkley's out. I know a low, low ankle sprain is easier to come back than a high ankle sprain. Um and he plays the Rams next week, Booker does. So
1: this is all sounding so bad. Yeah. And then you look at yeah, Saquon tough. Barkley's stats just to get a good idea of what Devontae Booker might be able to do. Obviously not as talented as Saquon, as Saquon Barkley is. And Saquon's best game of the year is like 57 rushing yards and a touchdown. He hasn't even broke five yards a carry in a game. Um, that just goes to show that I think Devontae Booker's probably not going to do anything. And if you do pick him up, but you're really starting him hoping that he just gets a random touchdown because he's not going to get 80 rushing yards and, you know, Five catches, anything like that, because Barkley wasn't doing it. And I just don't see, like, if, if he wasn't doing it, why would why would Booker be doing it?
2: Um, I mean, I I get that because we're five weeks in the year, into the season, or four, yeah, five weeks in now, um, leading into week six, and we haven't seen a ton from Saquon yet. I mean, I'm still gonna lay my hat, and like he's still recovering from a you know major knee injury. Um, generally, it takes a full year to like really come back from that. Um, obviously, there's some people that are come back faster. Uh, whatever maybe. I'm still gonna lean in the hat that he's still trying to, you know, work his way back into being fully healthy. So with that being said, maybe Devontae Booker can do better, um, just because he is fully healthy. Obviously, nowhere near the talent that Saquon Barkley is. Honestly, my bigger concern is that with so many injuries to the offense, um, I are like, is he like the only guy to really try to even key on on the offense if like everyone's out next week? You know, I mean, are you just gonna stack the box? But like, hey, Mike Lennon, go go beat us with your arm. Like, good luck.
1: Well, that brings up a good point that I was thinking about because the Rams are obviously going to do what you're talking about. They're going to key on the guys who are um, the most obvious pr- producers filling in these roles. But it's an NFL game. The Giants are going to get yards and hopefully some touchdowns. So, like, I'm just curious which way it's going to go. I don't think it's going to go Devontae Booker's way. It might go Tony's way if he's healthy. Maybe Evan Ingram. He's the only one who's still walking around apparently off the <laughs> off the starting line, right? <laughs> So, I mean, maybe they maybe the key on Ingram and Booker, and that opens things up for Tony. I hate to bring this name up again, but maybe Colin Johnson. I'm not going to do it again, though, if he doesn't get targets this week.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think a lot depends on Slayton and Shepard um, coming back and being healthy next week. If, if that's the case, then I would heavily temper expectations for, you know, Booker um, or like an Evan Ingram who we've been waiting on to produce, you know, Evan Ingram, most since he came into the league, most targets of all time with the least amount of production. So I don't get, I don't get, and too a couple Pro Bowls. Apparently,
1: <laughs> yeah. Somehow, I don't know how that
0: works. Um,
2: the other good guys opted out, <laughs> oh,
1: <yeah. laughs> and it's fan voting. That's BS.
0: Moving on here to our next guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on the Pro Bowl.
0: Uh, touchy subject there. Apparently, um, Khalil Herbert actually makes the list here, uh, mostly due to how much he was surprisingly used last week. Kind of alarming to people who spent up for Damian Williams. Uh, Herbert played fifty-three percent snap, of snaps, while Damian Williams played forty-eight uh, percent. Herbert also outcarried Williams eighteen to sixteen. Uh, Herbert rushed for 75 yards in the game and had one touch inside the 10-yard line while Williams had three. So it seems to be like Damian Williams is still the probably the top guy to have given that he seems to be the red zone guy. Uh, but Herbert looked good and might have some value there if uh, Montgomery continues to miss time. I mean, 18 touches, 18 attempts. Is a lot. Any um, any produced with it. So, how do you guys how do you guys feel about Khalil Herbert?
1: Well, as a David Montgomery manager, I'm bummed that they're finding out that their backups are really good because he's one of the few guys that's getting a bunch of carries still in the backfield. So, hopefully, he doesn't come back healthy and they're just like, you know what, we should give these guys the ball more because they've been killing it. Right. While you were gone, honestly, I like Khalil Herbert a lot though. Um, I'm just really curious if this is like a flash in the pan type of thing. I mean, he is a rookie, so obviously we have many like much more to see out of him. But it's super interesting that they he had more snaps than Damian Williams did, and yeah. So obviously the the uh, the staff knows something that we don't, and that makes me think that he's the guy to own over Damian Williams, like for the long term. If you're in a dynasty type of thing, obviously oh, in your dynasty sure. you want the rookie. That's like a dumb thing to say, but like this time next year he'll probably take his role.
0: Yeah, Damian Williams. Has been kind of banged up um, throughout the season too. So if something's ha- you know, something does happen to him, or if maybe if he's dealing with something while Montgomery's out, you know, obviously Khalil Herbert becomes a he gets a huge workload if both those guys miss any time.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go the opposite of Trey here. I'm still gonna say Damian Williams is the guy to start because he's getting more red zone touches and he's also the pass catcher of the two of them. Um, yeah, I'm
1: still saying stardom. I'm just, I guess I'm talking long-term.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think for the short term this week, uh, I'm taking Williams. Um, Herbert's, I mean, he could it's, you know, still end up playing more. Who knows what happens? And honestly, as a fellow Herbie, uh, I do just appreciate more Herbies being fantasy relevant. So, Khalil Herbert, Khalil Herbert is is has a piece of my heart. <laughs> um, as does obviously Herbert in Los Angeles cuz you know, he's just an absolute stud at this point. Yeah. But. Uh,
1: we also got Khalil on the defensive side. Raider, <laughs> Raiders fan, don't want to hear it. All these Khalils, okay?
0: <laughs> Not another Khalil. Sick of it. Um uh, moving on to our next guy here, Hunter Henry. Um, The tight end for the New England Patriots, Um, you know, was kind of set up to have a good performance against the Texans given how poorly they've been against tight ends this season. But kind of surprising, he led the team in targets, receptions, and yardage. Um, So it seems to me that he's kind of solidified himself as, um, you know, not only the Patriots' tight end, but also one of Mac Jones' favorite targets. So um, it's going to be a tough matchup for him in week six. But I think you can consider him, you know, a, a tight end two, maybe really low end tight end one um, for fantasy here moving forward. I think he's kind of taken that role. And we know how much Bill Belichick likes to utilize big body tight ends. So. You know, I like Hunter Henry as an ad for sure for people that you know I've been streaming tight ends.
1: I am very like lukewarm about Hunter Henry. I'm obviously outside of the top five in tight ends. Um, You're left with this group of tight ends, and I don't think you want to be the guy who's starting Henry. In your league, unless you're streaming him, I guess. Like, is, is that what we're talking about, like streaming him?
2: Yeah. I think, I, I mean, unless you're in the top, you know, three tight ends, three or four tight ends, you're basically streaming it every week anyways, so.
1: Yeah. Well, do we know what Hunter Henry's, like, ownage is? I, I, I was of, like, the general feeling that he's, like, stashed in most leagues. Uh, about 50%. Something like that. Um, yeah, just because he's, like, super, promising but not going
0: can... to. 51% right now.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, it's kind of right at that, that waiver wire threshold.
1: Yeah, he's like right on the fringe of being start-worthy, I guess. I me mean, condense that into one statement. He's on the fringe for me. He, uh, I need a couple more weeks to see something out of that because Yanni Smith is still getting a, a ton of snaps. They are running two tight end sets, but, I mean, I mean, there's just other guys right there constantly. So it's just, will it happen again? Like, the, the all those targets, it's a Patriots offense. Like, it just kind of sucks.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're right there with the, t- the snap share. I mean, they run a ton of two d- tight ends in, so Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry's snap share has been almost identical the entire season. Um, Jonu's just, like, slightly under. Um, but Hunter Henry's getting way more targets is the biggest thing. And, yes, I know Jonu Smith is there.
0: 8-2 last week.
2: Yeah, so just w- a lot more. Um, and I'm a big Jonu Smith fan-, fan myself. Like, I thought he was underutilized in Tennessee, and I think he's still being under underutilized now. Um, but I think yeah, if you're streaming a tight end as most people are, uh, Hunter Henry's a a good stash. The thing is though, with New England's pay, the New England offense is like there's a different guy every week. Jacoby Myers destroyed all target shares the two weeks prior to this game. Yeah, on this team, and it completely reversed in this game. I mean, it's it's yeah. an up in the air thing. So it seems that, like
0: they went away from him. They're trying to change things up. You know, get these guys more involved. Yeah, especially Hunter Henry.
2: It just it's a it's a toss up on who to trust. Um, even you know it's it's crazy. We always said that you avoid the running back situation in New England. It's like you can't even like bank on the receiving re- situation in New England either. There's no one in New England that you really can trust starting uh any given week.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean I it just as far as like guys that you're streaming, it's just it's a bunch of red flags. You know, like he he's uh sharing snap shares. You're on. The Patriots offense, it just seems like so hit or miss for me when guys like Dan Arnold are floating around, you know, and I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dan Arnold,
0: I think still pretty widely available, right?
1: Yeah, someone who's getting a larger snap share and more consistent targets. Um, His first week with it, let's just dive into Dan Arnold. We might as well. Yeah. Is, is that it. cool with you? Yep. Okay, so Dan Arnold uh, put up a decent stat line last week. Is after being on the Jaguars for a week and a half, he was on the Jaguars for half a week and had like three targets or something like that in their first game. Yeah, not eight too productive last
0: week. Six receptions, sixty-four yards.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, he did have a fumble yeah, a that he fumble. lost in that game. But I mean, a week and a half in, already a week and a half in, you know that they were working him in in practice purposely and showing him these things, no, knowing that he was going to be involved in the game. So they like him a lot. They traded for him for whatever reason, and they're, I think they're going to use him a lot. And I've always said this on the podcast, rookie quarterbacks, tight ends.
0: Yeah, they just refuse to use LaVisca Chenault for <laughs> whatever reason. I, I don't know what if LaVisca took the video of Urban at the bar or what, man. he They throw LaVisca the ball one time, and he breaks like four or five tackles, goes 58 yards. And I can see him. I'm sitting there watching the game. I, you can see him. He gets up, and the camera's like still on him. He turns around, and you can see him yell, "Give me the fucking ball!" Yeah. yeah. And, no, I saw and the he same said thing. it like multiple times. And I was also yelling that at the same exact time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, get him the well
1: buy or sell, taking Urban Meyer hostage and making him give Lavinca targets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like tonight we're going, we're doing this thing.
2: No. Bye. It's, just, yeah. <laughs> it's I, only a three thousand mile plane ride. We it's got this. <laughs>
0: frustrating. Well, we know where to find them, right?
2: Uh, that, that bar in a while. <laughs> I'm not gonna stop recording either. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's all
0: on tape. Uh another couple tight ends here to bring up. Uh David Njoku. Uh I'm it's hard for me to get excited because, you know, we've been down this road. Quite a few times. Um, obviously, he had a huge game last week. Uh, most of that due to the big play that he had, where he broke a tackle. I think the pass was like a 15 yard pass to him, and he broke a tackle and and took it to the house. I'm not excited. I I don't. I'm not even. I don't know. Are you guys wasting your time picking up David Njoku? Because I I don't think I am.
2: Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I know you said this, like 71 yard touchdown or whatever it was. You know, 70 yard touchdown. But that was only about half the yardage. So I mean, he the rest of the game he actually still saw six catches for you know seventy five ish yards. Yeah, which is pretty damn good good as a tight end position. Right. The biggest issue is that it's not consistent. And as much talent as he's shown, and, and you know in flashes, he's still this is what we get from him. Um, don't get blinded by the light. Honestly, um, you know this is a he's a big sparkly star right now and then you're gonna get a little closer find out it's a train that's gonna run you over
1: (laughs) i'm not i'm not blinded by the light i'm ray charles over here (laughs) i got the (laughs) thick sunglasses on (laughs) if you couldn't tell um all three of us have been burned by dave and njoku um i was a fan of him for like multiple years i gave him a chance like two years in a row Oh, I By now i you always like,
0: being hype on him like Njoku, dude just wait I'm the, telling you the he's... targets
1: are they were there it's like <laughs> they were there back in the day but anyways that's all you need to know back in the day he he was the the sole tight end and he had a bunch of targets and it wasn't working then and now Austin Hooper's in the mix like why why would you off of one good game I mean it is a good game but it's not going to be consistent at all you, that's just a trap
2: yeah i would advise it against it you need a soundboard it's a trap Concur. I mean, honestly, if you were waiting on a joke this whole time and you like treading water, you would have drowned by now. Damn. <laughs> Jeez, like-, like 10 games left in the fantasy season.
0: <laughs> um,
2: we have years of experience on this.
0: <laughs> our next guy on the list, kind of the same um, thoughts or feelings towards this tight end, but given all the injuries that are, you know, they're kind of dropping like flies in New York. Uh, for the Giants, um, Evan Ingram is worth looking at because he's going to get the opportunity to produce again. Um, now, also, I guess, you know, wait and look on Tuesday and see if there's any sort of update on the Giants receivers because if there's anyone else that can get targets next week, then I wouldn't even think about starting Evan Ingram. But if everyone's hurt, And he's kind of the last option they have. Um, He's going to get force-fed the ball. So he's worth a look. But, again, I'm not excited about it.
1: Honestly, I'm kind of excited about it just because there's – You can have This is going to sound kind of bad, I guess. I'm excited because there's so many guys injured on the team. Like with Galladay, Shepard, and Slayton all injured. I mean, there's there's a good chance at least one of them is not going to play. You know, so there's still gonna be those targets around and I I'm getting like a weird feeling this this week for Evan Ingram is kinda of like his Kyle Pitts game last week where like it's like where the hell else are you gonna throw the goddamn ball? Everyone else is injured. You you got you're basically being forced at this point to use one of your last weapons and just use the shit out of him. So he um I don't think you'll have a Kyle Pitts type game, but it'll be like a game where he's gonna be forced to be used no matter what.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I disagree. Um, <laughs> I just can't like Evan Ingram at this point. I'm like, I'm so over in every yeah. way possible. I mean, you're completely right about like injuries. And if Shepard and Slayton don't come back, then like there's literally nobody to throw the ball to. Um, but knowing the way the NFL works and the way that Evan Ingram works himself, the somebody on the Giants next week that you've never heard of, some dude they pick up off off the streets like this week will go off. And you're like, where the hell was Evan Ingram? At? And you're like, oh, he had two targets and one catch for 13 yards. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, damn, but like, that sucks. Like, How can we didn't get the ball? No, it's he'll like, have 12 targets for two catches <laughs> and 13 <laughs> yards. Which is even more frustrating. <laughs> also, you know who Evan I was just thinking of this. Know who Evan Ingram reminds me of that is just the most infuriating thing in fantasy? What? Jordan Reed. Oh, yeah. The tight end back for for Washington a few years ago. But Jordan,
0: it was always because he's hurt. Yeah. Um,
2: but Evan, Evan Ingram's hurt all the time, also. Yeah. Um, like there's just so much potential there. But but Reed
0: at least did produce sometimes, you know, um, Evan Ingram is just like non-existent pretty much. (laughs)
2: It's just, it's so frustrating. And
1: don't forget about John Ross. Yeah. He's on the giants. (laughs) I just remembered that John
2: Ross. Watch, watch him go absolutely bonkers this week. Yeah. Just for no, just, just for no apparent reason. He just does. He's just like, Hey guys, I'm still here.
1: Four two seven. Something like that, four two three unofficial, something like that. Yeah. Um, if you need, yeah, a bo- big boom candidate. Four two seven forty time for people that aren't familiar with hearing forty numbers. <laughs> like four two seven? Like, what are you talking about?
2: <laughs> this is GPA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wish it. Uh, Divide that
1: by four. I'm talking about me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, John Ross, probably worth a look later in the week. I mean, he might not even run in waivers and then you can pick him up like you know, Thursday or Friday, if everyone's hurt for the Giants, um, let's uh, oh a few other names to mention here. I'll just mention them over real quickly, um, because they might not be taken in your league yet for whatever reason. AJ Dillon, I think, is worth putting back on rosters at this point. He's been utilized more the last couple weeks uh, against Pittsburgh. He had fifteen attempts on the ground, eighty-one yards. Uh, last week he had eight attempts for 30 yards but had a nice little uh receiving game four targets to the air four receptions 49 yards and a touchdown so obviously you know you don't want to wish injury upon anyone or anything like that but it happens and if anything happens to Aaron Jones A.J. Dillon is in line for a giant workload because not only do obviously they trust him on the ground with those quads but um he's also getting some receiving work so um that's good to see and and I think he's definitely worth a stash but he's rostered in about 60ish percent of leagues right now.
1: Oh, he's an obvious cuff. I feel like if you have room on your roster to put him down there, why why wouldn't you? It's I think him and if, Madison.
0: You know, even if you're not an Aaron Jones owner, it's it's worth
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was going to say, I, I've held on to Madison on my bench the last two years just for those games where Cook is injured because it's one of the few backups that you off. know this guy's basically going to reproduce what the uh, guy in front of him is doing.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's be honest about this. Like, if you have, you know, some fringe, you know, third or fourth string wide receiver on your bench, why would you not have A.J. Dillon? I mean, are you going to take, like, A.J. Dillon or, like, Cedric Wilson? Right. You know, you're going to take A.J. Dillon all the time. All day. Yep. Um. You don't ever really plan on starting either one of them, anyways. But i as well give the guy that might give you some upside in case an injury happens.
1: Would you rather have AJ Dillon or Kadarius Tony off of waivers this week?
2: Ooh. Well, I mean, if you're going off of waivers, you're probably more likely to get Tony because Dillon is taken in most leagues. But I mean, if Dillon's available, like get get Dillon. Like.
0: Don't. Yeah. I mean, unless you're just dying at receiver, but hopefully you have more depth there to be okay.
1: I just wanted to drive that home. You should have Dylan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Next guy, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, also owned in 68% of leagues. But Sanders currently is ranked 17th overall compared to Diggs, who's 24th right now um, on receivers, or four receivers. Um, So, yeah, Sanders, is if he's not taken in your league, he's an absolute must-add, I would say, above – Everyone we've mentioned.
2: <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, he at this point in the season, he's a must start. Yeah. He produces week in and week out. I mean, I told to you guys before we started recording here, I'll say it again. Josh Allen's evolution as a quarterback, he's becoming such a good quarterback where, and he's spreading the ball around so nicely that it actually decreases the Von Diggs value and increases everybody else's value because it's not just this Von Diggs show. Right. Last year, it seemed like almost every ball was going towards Diggs' way, and now it's just not. Um, which isn't a, which is a awful thing for fantasy owners. I mean, the Bills probably love because their the offense is even better than it, than it ever has been. Yeah. But like having it as a Diggs owner, like you hate this.
0: Yeah, it's pretty tough. I mean, but you can see how much the offense has opened up. It's opened up a ton for you know Zach Moss and Singletary. Even obviously Dawson Knox, who we talked about last week. I mean, number two week. tight end in fantasy now.
2: Yeah. Dawson Docks. Who wasn't drafted in probably, you know, ninety percent of leagues.
0: Who obviously is a must add if he's not he should have been already taken in the last couple of weeks, but for some reason if he's not, yeah, pick him up. Uh Michael Carter, sixty six percent of leagues. Um he kind of separated himself a little bit in the backfield this last week. But obviously the offense as a whole just needs to improve if you're going to ever see a ton of value out of Michael Carter, but a name worth looking at and monitoring. Um, again, also Trevor Lawrence, uh, last three weeks, he's had six, eight, and seven rushing attempts uh, with a rushing touchdown the last two weeks. So the floor is increasing for Lawrence.
1: I mean, even without the touchdowns, it sounds dumb, but that extra 30 rushing yards, that extra three points every week, man, that that's a big deal. It really is. That's a huge deal. Especially
0: with so many running backs being or running backs, quarterbacks being able to run the ball now, you you know, you you almost need a, a quarterback that has some sort of mobility to uh, compete in fantasy. <laughs>
1: Honestly, like this, like the last couple, of, like yeah, last couple of years with fantasy, I'm of the mindset that it, if you don't have a quarterback with some sort of rushing upside to add points, fantasy wise, you're you have no chance to win the fantasy championship. In whatever league that you're in, you you have to have someone who has that rushing upside because that's when you're pushing up in that 30 to 40 point range, getting like buku points, winning leagues. Uh, shout out to Josh Allen in my championship last year, you know. <laughs>
2: I mean, honestly, that that's so Could true at this point. It's becoming, I mean, it almost every running back coming or almost every quarterback in the league is coming in as uh that has capability of running, right? For anyone that's good, you know. The only people that I think you can mark as like real asterisks in this are uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, the
0: two old guys. Yeah, but everyone <laughs> else in the, everyone else who's like all the younger guys that are coming in. I mean, there's just so many of yeah. them. But even
2: point. guys like like Russ, who's ran more this year until he got hurt, obviously, than he has in the last three already. You know, so like you're seeing just like the running capability of quarterbacks be a bigger difference now than I think it ever has been just because it's more widely available for, for quarterbacks.
1: See Jalen hurts. Yeah. Well, and I think Come a on. lot of that
0: has to do with how quickly young rookie quarterbacks are being put into starting roles as well. You know? Um, So usually in their first year, their second year, like their legs are still a great asset, right? Because they haven't gone through 10 years of NFL football yet. Um So, with more and more of that happening, we're seeing more and more quarterbacks running the ball, which means you need one that can run the ball on your fantasy team. Because if not, you're giving up those points each and every week. So, and I think that trend is gonna continue to separate mobile quarterbacks from non-mobile. Uh, another guy to look at here: McCole Hardman. Tyreek might miss next week. Not
1: interested.
2: Really, if, if Tyreek is out, you're not starting Michael Hardman?
1: Oh man, yeah, honestly, I don't think I'm that interested.
2: Okay, I'm on as far away of that as possible. <laughs> like if you're on Earth, I'm on Pluto, homie. <laughs> I'd say um,
0: I'm right in the middle, honestly. I'm I don't know. There's Tyreke, just so many weapons And If Tyreek
2: Hill is out, Mikkel Hardman should be started in every single league. Yeah. I think as it started, not flex. Not consider him. I'm to start him.
1: I'm flexing him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about flexing him. No, I agree. I mean, obviously, Ty, he's the first, you know, uh, next guy up on the outside. Um,
2: I swear to God, when you say Josh Gordon. <laughs> Josh Gordon is there. <laughs> no, oh no. And it'll be no, what, his second, just, third week. God, do not fall for that trick. So, Dan
1: Arnold was on the Jaguars for ten days and got eight targets. Josh Gordon's been on the Chiefs for about that long. Can yeah. he get eight targets?
2: I would. Are you it. trying to say Urban Meyer's the play caller that Andy Reid is? Because I'm not.
1: Are you trying to say Josh Gordon's a better football player than Dan Arnold? Yes. So he should come along you know, quickly and you you get know, more he, <laughs> no, targets. No, he's
2: better. <laughs> but like, come on, like, why? I don't know why we're having this conversation, people. Because
1: that... Dan Arnold was on the Jaguars for ten days and got eight targets.
2: Oh, that's fine. Josh Gordon just won't. I mean, there's too many. There, as you said, there are too many options for Kansas City, but like including Mikko, Josh Gordon, <laughs> Michael <Mikko> Harmon specifically <laughs> going to take like everything that Tyreek got in this offense. Michael Harmon will immediately replace. He's not going to be as good, but he's still a must start.
0: Yeah, I think you can definitely say he's a must start confidently. Um it just worries me. because
2: they... you tricked me. I fucking... <laughs> oh, I right. was as like, yeah, Josh Gordon's better. I was like, but that goes against my point. <laughs> you had me all twisted.
1: <laughs> I'm agreeing, but I'm also disagreeing. Is that not a good point? I mean, come on. Dan Arnold's on the Jaguars for 10 days, yeah, being coached I mean, by Urban... Situations. No, I'm just going to dive into this a little bit. Being coached <laughs> by Urban Meyer, a first-year head coach, okay? He's on a new team. Been there for 10 days. Gets eight targets, okay? Got Josh Gordon veteran receiver going to Andy Reid, one of the best coaches of all time. Tyreek out. And after the same amount of time, would he not be as adjusted as Dan Arnold was with the Jaguars? I'm really reaching, but I mean you gotta see what I'm saying.
2: The only difference is that Dan Arnold has played football in the last five years and yeah. Josh Gordon essentially <laughs> hasn't.
1: Yeah, I mean
0: I think they will look to get him involved if Tyreek's out, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be I'm definitely not on the you know side of Tyler where it's like I'm all in on McCall Hardman. I would definitely consider other options before just throwing him in there, but um, I'm also not like Josh Gordon's going
2: to get eight targets. I don't think he gets that next week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you think Michael Hardman gets like more than 15 points?
2: If Tyreek um, is out, uh, I'm calling McCall over 15 points, yes. Yeah, I could buy it. Yeah. Yeah, I would buy it. What a great transition to buy or sell here, folks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is Last... Layaway
1: an option? <laughs> Put
0: him on layaway. Last uh, name, we'll bring up. Rashad Bateman. Uh, he's supposed to be back this week. Should be healthy. So, uh, worth a stash. Definitely not picking him, picking him up to play him
1: yet. That, that's like a deep league thing, really, though. Like yeah. and like dynasties, um, stuff like that. Just so you know, like he is coming back and. If you're in a weird situation where you are starting people like that. a lot of our
0: leagues, he's already been picked up. But, I mean, um, actually in all of them probably. But he might still be out there for you. You know, stash, big body receiver, they could use there in Baltimore. All right. uh, Let's close up the show here with a few buy or sells. Uh, First one on the board here is good old Mike Will. Uh, Mike Williams, will he have 18 or more fantasy points against the Ravens next week? He's had 18 or more points in four out of the five weeks uh, so far. Last week he had 16 targets, eight receptions, 165 yards, and two tuts. So um, buy or sell 18 or more fantasy points next week against the Ravens.
1: Wow. Man, I'm going to sell it. I do like him a lot. I just don't think he's going to get like 18 plus. He's definitely going to be in that range though. I I like him more like in like the 14, 15 area. I just feel like 18 plus means like he's going to be really breaking it off going like 20 plus.
0: Yeah. Four out of five weeks. He has.
1: Yeah. I want to sell it, but I still think he's a must start for sure. Obviously.
2: I'm going to say at this point, I'm calling him matchup proof. Um, He's just, he's getting way too much of a target share. He's just pretty, I mean, he had obviously the one bad week where he scored less than two points. Um, that has to be an anomaly at this point because he's had 18 points at least in every other game. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily, I not? no, you know what? actually I'm going to say it. He's the receiver one in, in LA now.
0: I was just going to ask, like, do you guys consider him the receiver one.
2: I don't want to because I'm such a big Keenan Allen fan. Um, yeah, and that's coming from my, somebody who owns Mike Williams and I don't own Keenan Allen, um, but I love Keenan Allen. Um, but I think at this point he is. Um, he he's getting basically just as many targets. He's also the the bigger downfield threat than Keenan Allen is. Keenan yeah. Allen is you know one of the best route runners the NFL's seen in a very long time, but he's not the explosive guy to get down the field. Or he's also not you know six foot four and can jump over the moon to catch a ball.
0: Right, and Herbert has the ability to make those plays, get it downfield, obviously with a big arm, but also move around and scramble and create extra time for Mike Williams to get open downfield and make those explosive plays.
2: Yeah. So with all that said, I'm buying more than 18 points this week. I will. It's not a good. It's a tough matchup, but I'm still going to buy it.
0: I'm going to sell it on the behalf that I convinced you. <laughs> that Trey <laughs> convinced me. Yeah, no, I think it'll be uh, – It's t- That's honestly, it's like hard to sell. But, yeah, I'm going to sell it. I just think the Ravens are a tough matchup, and they're going to have to spread the ball around a little bit more than they did last week.
1: Well, you price a right at this, buy or sell. I don't feel so. good about it at all. Yeah. yeah, you're like right at 18. That's like right yeah. right on the cusp. We're like, that's a little too much.
0: I don't know. I mean, obviously, you're, you're must. he's a must start, but I'm going to sell just for, yeah, I'm going to sell. Uh, moving on to our next one here, James Robinson, 20-plus fantasy points um, next week. Uh, he's had 20-plus in the last three weeks, and he plays Miami next week. And Miami's given up the second most points uh, to the running back position per game at 25. Um, We also had a beat reporter that uh, quoted urban saying he didn't realize Robinson had half the number of touches in the second half compared to the first. So I don't, you know, if you guys watch the game, Robinson was having a dominant half, like playing really, really well. Um, And then, they just started giving the ball to Carlos Hyde in the second half and no one knows why. Um,
2: does does Urban Meyer realize he's a coach in the NFL? <laughs> yeah. I do, I, don't. Like, like, I don't know like, what w- planet this what is. What is on. this guy doing? Like we, you didn't realize. Like what? Yeah. Like dude, you have guys on you have like a a dozen guys on the sideline that that's their entire job is right. keeping track of stats and like Hey, did you realize that, uh, you know, James Robinson's only been on the field for like 10 plays in the second half? Yeah, and he, oh, he, what? He no was, way. Like what the hell
1: I was thinking about my Ohio ho. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: I don't get it, man. He loves Carlos
0: Hyde and values his relationship with Carlos Hyde more than winning football games, so I don't I don't get it. It's,
2: what a what a great way to to,
0: to survive in the NFL. I, I don't understand it. Lavisca it's not involved. Um, even Marvin Jones was barely involved. Like Agnew was their leading, their their most targeted receiver. I think last week,
2: who also like partially plays at DB and he's also their kick returner. Like
0: yeah, I don't, I don't, I just don't understand it. It's like the most, it's the weirdest thing I've seen an NFL team do
1: or operate in a long time well you guys lead me in that like perfectly i want to buy it just because like the <laughs> the only thing you really know about his offense is like at least it seems like he's realizing that you have to use james robinson to win games and be competitive and the last three games he's been a lot more productive than he has in, in the beginning of the season and i expect I like they got to keep riding that and that's what they're going to keep doing uh, well that quote is a little disconcerting honestly but hopefully he'll just have killer first halves i guess
2: I mean, honestly, I'm going to buy it also because, like, he clearly is the best weapon on this team. Um, Thank God that it doesn't matter that he has an incompetent coach. But, uh, you know, if Ermeyer pulls his head out of his ass or out of that girl's ass, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, maybe James Robinson gets Uh, even better. But... uh, (laughs) But you know we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm gonna buy it honestly. James, he's just he's too talented at this point. Like the fact that he went undrafted is crazy. Yeah. Um. He clearly he's good, man. He just is. Like, the dude's
0: a gamer. Yeah, I'm gonna buy it too, and mostly for the fact that he's that they're playing Miami, um, and they've been terrible against the run, terrible against running backs. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna buy it, but not because I think Urban's gonna wake up and and maybe start running this team as it should be ran. But um I'm gonna buy it just based off his talent and the fact they're playing Miami. Um next by our cell here Stefan digs fifteen or more fantasy points next week against the Titans. Uh Stefan hasn't gotten more than fourteen points fantasy points in any game yet this year. Um we were talking about them a little earlier, but the Titans are the last are last in the league in points given up to receivers. They're giving up 32.7 points a week to the wide receiver position. I'm going to buy it. I'm just going to go right to it and say, I'm going to buy it. Why? (laughs) (laughs) I know it's uh, probably off the cuff or against what most people would say, but I just think that, um, if there's going to be a week where stephon dick goes goes off it's going to be the titans and i know you know josh allen is spreading the ball around a lot but i think at some point um they really look to to get stephon going in a big way and i think going against the worst team against the pass um so far this year is a good week to get it going so i'm going to buy 15 or more fantasy points for Stephon Diggs.
2: I have to agree. Um, I, I, It's crazy that, you know, he's producing so little um, compared to what he did last year and compared to what a number one receiver would do. Um, it's not like... I, I don't... It's hard to say. I think it's just the this Bill's offense is so electric right now. I mean, everybody is getting points. Um, I mean, they're destroying teams right now. They just, you know... Killed Kansas City, which Kansas City doesn't have a very good defense, but like it just, I mean, they're just exploiting everybody. Um, but I think I'm gonna buy it too. This is just seems like it's gonna be a game, the the, the get right for Stephon Diggs game. Um, I just maybe it's a gut feeling. The matchup's obviously great, um, but eventually, we have to re like their Bills offense are gonna is gonna realize, like, oh. He's still the best, our best weapon. You know, it's not Manuel Sanders. It's not Dawson Knox. It's not Zach Moss or Devin Singletary. It's, it's Stephon Diggs. So, yeah, they got to get him the ball more. They have to realize this. Well,
0: and, and he's had 10-plus targets in three out of the last five weeks. Obviously, last week he only had five. Still put up 69 yards um, off two receptions um, from a big play, but... Yeah, uh like I said and I'll let Trey speak to it, but yeah, I'm buying it. I think uh I think he gets 10 plus targets this week um and gets in the end zone.
1: I oh, yeah, I'm totally buying it. You pretty much hit the head on the nail. Like the targets are there. It's just a matter of like um the touchdowns coming really
2: Yeah, I mean, he does he have a touchdown the other I He has one. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say it's like, I- Mhm. Had to double check that. Um.
1: That was his 14-point game. Yep. <laughs> yep.
0: Um, Let's see. The last buyer sell here. Will Derrick Henry finish as the RB1?
2: I thought that was in there as a joke. <laughs>
0: like the overall RB1 of all running backs or as like a RB1?
1: No, as like no, the R B one of the NFL at the end oh, of the okay. season. I'm curious if you guys oh, think like rest he can, year. if he can make it to the rest of the year gotcha. with this production, or if you think someone else for whatever reason is gonna be better than Derrick Henry fantasy point wise.
2: Barring injury, I think he for sure finished like it's just it's what he's doing doesn't make sense anymore. Like I know he's like non human in terms of like his size and speed. Because uh, no one should be like six four and two hundred fifty pounds, and then like runs a four four and just like outruns DBs. It's crazy. Yeah, he's a freak. Um, but like, you would think that he would slow down after the insane amount of carries he's had for the you know last three years. But he's just he isn't. Yeah, and not to mention like defenses are stacking the box against him. Like more than fifty percent of his carries are coming against the box, and yet he already has five touchdowns against stacked boxes this year. He had 12 all of last year, which which led the NFL, and they're five weeks in, has five of them. It it doesn't make sense.
0: It's insane. And obviously, I mean, the passing game has been struggling in Tennessee, and it doesn't seem to matter. Don't matter. So I would, I mean, I would buy, yeah, if we're going rest of year, I thought we were doing next week, but rest of year, uh, I would buy him finishing as RB1.
1: Just a quick thing I forgot to add earlier with the waivers because I like to always talk about my defenses, you know, if you're looking oh, to pick up forgot. a defense. Um, one that I got my eyes on uh, as far as like, kind of a longer-term play is the Colts' defense. I know they just got kind of uh, smoked tonight by the Ravens, but uh, they, they still put up a good amount of points. And even though, though they gave up all those points to the Ravens, they still got four defensive points, which isn't much. But before that, you know, they were averaging about eight points a game. That was like their floor. And um, let me pull it up here. So the, the next two games, they play the 49ers and the Titans, which isn't like really the best matchup. But if they play a banged-up Titans, it might be pretty decent for them. But then after that, um, they're playing the Jets and then Jacksonville two weeks in a row. So that's like a defense you can plug into your lineup and just sit there for two weeks. So maybe just keep an eye on them. Maybe throw them on your watch list or something and pick them up in a week or two. Yeah, yeah. And so you're buying
0: Derrick Henry RB1 rest of the year, Trey?
1: I'm buying it this year, but I'll tell you right now, as a Derrick Henry manager and keeper in our keeper leagues, and I've been keeping him, I might be hopping off the Henry train this year.
2: Wow. Honestly, I said that going into this season. I was like, man, I don't know. I don't think he can keep it up, and yet he is. So at this point, I'm going to ride that train until the wheels literally fall off. (laughs) You know,
1: I might end up doing that. I'll I'll be honest with you, but I told myself before the season started, I'm like, this is the last year. Derrick Henry's got to fall off eventually. Yeah, like with the I, usage. Come on,
0: you would have to have a pretty good keeper, I think, to to talk yourself off the Derrick Henry ledge. You know, I,
1: who would you keep over? Well, I just got Daniel. I just got <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Jones. <laughs> no, not Daniel. No, no. I'm I'm bringing up. Come on by his Jesus name, Dan Arnold. Daniel Arnold. <laughs> keep him for a 17th round pick. There you go.
0: All righty. Well, that's gonna wrap up our waiver wire show this week. Um Make sure you give us a follow, like, click the bell, or whatever you got to do, right? Notifications. I'm
1: supposed to say all that. Um, figure out a way to see us in a couple of days. Yeah. You know how to do things on the internet.
0: We will be things. posting a.
2: You guys both just sound so old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know that, that internet thing that you guys, that y'all do out there? Uh, on the one
0: of them interwebs, you can catch us. We're riding the wave, the internet waves. Um, (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, at the FF followers on Twitter, um, we will be posting a matchup episode uh, Thursday morning. So we'll go through all our matchups, start sits, starts of the week. Um, Yeah, and that'll do it. So take her easy, and thanks for listening.
1: Deuces. Have a good one,
2: folks. Shout out to Raider Nation, RIP. (laughs)